There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird get the young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of throwing rocks in our vicinity. Good sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. It's actually attacked two railroad workers, uh, killed livestock. You know, just a lot of weird stuff that was going on. Um, 
pretty uh, crazy. And then the wind's picking up here, too. So it's a good time to get out of the woods because the wind's picking up. And uh, this year we've had a lot of deadfall, uh, both in Oregon and Washington, and uh, a lot of power outages and stuff. Uh, you go out to the woods in, you know, the Tillamook or, or um, the Olympics or um, other parts of Washington, Oregon, and the deadfall is just it's crazy how much uh, uh, deadfall there is. And so if you're out there and that wind picks up, be careful. Very good. Um, with us today is uh, Henry May. He is, uh, I know that he's a, f- a friend of ours here on Monster X and uh, a Bigfoot uh, enthusiast and researcher. And I would like to bring Henry, I'm ready to bring Henry on. Yeah, let's bring him on. Good afternoon, Good Henry. Evening. How are you, buddy? Good evening, gentlemen. Good to hear you. How are you? And thank you for having me on the show, by the way. You're welcome. Oh, Thanks for being here. Yeah, no problem. So, Henry, I, I always like to start by asking our guests what their their interests uh, for Bigfoot, where it arose from. Can you tell us a little bit about that for you, yourself? Well, it started 40 years ago this year. And <laughs> it was... Um, it was it, it was because of uh, seeing the late Andre the Giant as the bionic Bigfoot on the Six Million Dollar Man, and also my father had a book called Bigfoot: The Mysterious Monster, and I was intrigued. I said, "What the heck is Bigfoot?" Yeah, you know, and, and I, I was I'd seen it on the Six Million Dollar Man, and and I mean obviously that was a cyborg, that that, that was a you know, cyborg Sasquatch. Um, and I never forgot the eyes, the, the, the contacts I had Andre wear, the white contacts. Um, very haunting. And when I finally saw the episode again years later, I remembered those eyes, you know. Uh, on, and and I, kinda, I started reading everything I could about the subject. I saw every, I would watch the documentaries and things like that, including Bigfoot, the Mysterious Monster, and the old Rod Serling, uh, Monsters, Mysteries, or Myth, and um, Robert W. Morgan's movie, The Search In Search of Bigfoot, and um, Peter Burns' movie, Man, Beast, Myth, or Monster. And also, well, we get, we can't forget about In Search Of, which... Uh, Absolutely. Which looked at the subject uh, in 1977, which featured Peter Burns, uh, and the Bigfoot Research Project, and of course Dr. Grover Krantz as well. Um, and I, I was very intrigued by all this, and that's what kind of um, you might say triggered my interest. And I really, um, I really became, uh, in, in, as I said, I was intrigued and. I guess I just wanted to know more. And of course, not only do you not only I mean the three big monsters in the seventies obviously were Bigfoot, Yeti and Loch Ness Monster. So and yeah. every 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 book you could you could check out of the library, there'd be something about Bigfoot, there'd be something about the, the, the Yeti, the, the 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 Loch Ness Monster. So you had a lot of those uh a lot and, and, and of course also you had stuff like the Bermuda Triangle. You had UFOs. You had um, like all these all these big things that were really, you know, mysterious. You had Chariots of the Gods. You had all this stuff. 
back in the seventies. So it was interesting time to grow up. It was interesting time to grow up in, sure, no question about it. So fast forward to. 2016, um, what what drives you now to, you know, your interest at this point? Well, uh, but what really drives me is the sightings that I have had, the two sightings I've had, and um, I can go into them right now, in fact. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, back do. around... Yeah, back in 1982, uh, we lived in Pennsylvania for nearly three years, and we moved to Georgia in July of 82. And where we lived, it was um, about 30 miles north of Atlanta in a little town called Woodstock. And not very far from uh, the North Georgia mountains, uh, which, of course, is prime, I think it's prime Sasquatch habitat up there. So where we lived was um, there was a large hill at the northern end of this of this subdivision we lived in, and also there were all kinds of forested areas. There were trails, all kinds of interesting things around there, even even near a subdivision. And some of the kids in the neighborhood told me, "Yeah, they'd seen something. They you know they 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 could only describe it as Bigfoot." Um. And also, one kid at school showed me a photograph, which I don't know if it's legit or not. I don't know, but it showed what appeared to be a large, dark, upright object. Um, And also, um, some kids at the school said that they'd seen one near the school. And the, the school that I attended, it was about, oh, maybe three or four miles from my house. So, and at the school, you could actually look and you could see the foothills of the North Georgia mountains um, because the school was on the top of a high plateau. Um, and you could just see for miles, you could see the, these these massive foothills um, stretching stretching north. It, it, was, it was amazing, the, the, the views you could get in that area. So... I started doing investigations, and I started looking around, looking for evidence. Of course, I was 13 years old, so I really didn't know what exactly to look for. I mean, I, well, I, I figured I needed to look for footprints. I never found any. Never found any footprints, but there were kids telling me all kinds of stuff. But, yeah, I've seen this, or I've seen that, or I heard this. Now, one night I heard some weird screams. Now, whether they, were they Bigfoot? I don't know now. Um, I, I attributed them to Bigfoot at that time. Uh, so that's what kind of got me started. And then in 1984, I actually saw something. Um, one night I was uh, attempting a whistling call or cry, like a... And... This thing, all of a sudden, after about two minutes, I heard something respond. And I kept doing this for a few more minutes. Then I, now what, where I was, I was up on a elevated back patio. And there was a patch of woods down on the hill below. And there were some residences behind that. 
And after a few minutes of, of actually having this back and forth whistling, I look and I see something swaying back and forth behind a home. Now, this is like 1030 at night, by the way, so it was this large shadowy figure and it came up under a under the porch light and i could see this face and i mean it, it was a it was a pretty good sized creature uh probably maybe six and a half seven foot tall the face was strangely human like um uh, it had uh what you might call asian features or oriental features as far as the eyes, or unless it just had the eyes closed or something. Which I really, I mean, I can't say to this day if it had its eyes closed or not. And it had what appeared to be some kind of, uh, the lips were kind of thin. And um, it had it had a flat nose. And it, um, I know that's, that's been descriptions of a lot, from a lot of people who have actually seen the faces of these things. Um, and it was, and it also appeared to have a, it didn't appear to have a whole lot of hair. It had the the classic cone-shaped head, but it didn't appear to have a whole lot of hair on the forehead. So, and I only saw this for about, uh, it seemed like an eternity, but it was probably more like 30 seconds. And, um, I, I got freaked out and I went back in the house. You know, um, and I, I, I realized to myself, you know, I've, I've, I finally have seen one, you know, and, and it, it was, it was, it was a life changing experience. And, it, and a lot of people say that, and, and they're right; they're exactly correct. It is life changing experience. Hey, Henry, how, how uh, can you describe the area that you saw this thing in? And I mean, you saw it under, you know, a light, uh, you know, so it's around a house, but. Can you describe the area, and then how close were you uh, to this uh, this creature, this entity? Uh, the area, the area, um, it was all right. We were we were basically on top of a hill, and at the bottom of this hill was a creek, and then on the other side of the creek are these residences, and this is where that's where the residence was. And I was I was about maybe fifty yards. From, from from that patio to the uh, to, to that residence was about fifty yards, and the next day I went out there just to make sure I hadn't imagined it. I went over there and I looked, and there was some flattened down grass where something had been walking. So uh, it's like, no, I didn't imagine it. It really did happen. So. And I and at that time I didn't think to take pictures or anything like that. Didn't even have a camera, so you know. And and with the but, uh, the face, I mean, you said you saw thin lips. I mean, fifty yards—that's pretty close. Uh, I mean, and you describe. I mean, what was it doing? I mean, was it? Uh, how was it acting? It, it wasn't acting threatening. I don't think. I think it was just probably. Um, I, I don't know if it was just curious. I mean, I, I can't. I can't even speculate. You know what it was feeling and how it was feeling. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, at that time we didn't know. We didn't know a whole lot about them, about these creatures. And I, 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 did, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to try and charge up to the 
charge up the hill or something. I never did, but I mean, uh, but like I said, I didn't know I didn't know enough about their true nature at that time. So, and well, that's why I went back. And, that's why I went back in the house. Right. <laughs> what do you think? It was, what do you think it was doing there? In 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 your opinion, about, you know, in regards to the area, why would it be down there, and where would it possibly come from? You know, that's a good question. Um, it could have been just standing there. It could have come from. Uh, it could have come from uh, from the northern end of the subdivision, which is beyond, which was all woods and things like that, mm-hmm. and forest and, and 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 a high hill. You know, I speculated at that time it lived up on that hill, and the hill was heavily wooded at the top. Are there and, and there's creeks nearby there on that hill? Yeah, yeah, there's creeks yeah. and all kinds of stuff. So that was that was now we moved to Mississippi a week later. So that's the only sighting in Georgia that I had. Right. What about that? And what about the existing reports out of that area? Were I mean, were were there other reports uh in that general vicinity um that you, you know, maybe you looked up uh after the fact or before? Um, I didn't really look them up till years later when the internet came along, and I saw some reports on the GCBRO uh, database from Cherokee County, Georgia, which is where Woodstock is. Um, and there have been sound reports from a town called near a town called Canton. Now Canton is north of Woodstock, um, but there 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 have been reports from that county. There, and even on the BFRO database, there's a few. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I be, with your your neighbors, I mean, did anybody ever discuss Sasquatch or were interested or had said they had heard something weird or seen something weird, in, you know, in regards to your second, uh, you know, your encounter sighting? As far as the second one, no. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the second one... Um, yeah, flash forward nearly 14 years, 1998, I'm driving home from Leland, Mississippi on Highway 61. I'm about 10 miles south of, south of, uh, where I live now, driving north on 61. All of a sudden, about 150 yards ahead of me, I see a silhouette of something walking from left to right across the highway. This is around 1.15 in the morning, by the way. Uh, so when I get to the point, I, I, I thought, what in the world is that? Or is there somebody fooling around on the highway up there? So I get up to the point where this thing had crossed from left to right. And there was this entity. Oh, oh by the way, I, I meant to tell you the, uh, the color of the first one I saw was a brownish color. I, I kind of describe it as a rust brown. Mm-hmm. That's what I would describe it as. In the light. Yeah, it's in the light, right? Yeah, and 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 I was going to ask you too because you mentioned the eyes. Uh, you know, kind of. Uh, you said it had you know Asian features, uh, uh, and you weren't sure if they were open or closed. But I mean, was it? Did it walk under a, a pre-existing light that was already on, or was it like a motion light? Or. No, it, it was the light was already turned on. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean the hair. You know that was just your best estimate as the color, because you know 
uh, it's hard to tell, uh, especially at night. And I, I don't know what the moon phase was. And I was, was it a full moon or whatnot? But, you know, and with the light there, I mean, 50 yards, that's close. But you can, you can still screw up the hair color, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- that was an approximate. Right. Uh, that, that that was approximate. You know, I, I, I can't be exactly certain what color the, the hair was. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was interesting, too, you mentioned a flat nose. You know, that's one of the, you know, Shelly Covington and I, um, she's a researcher. Well, she's a OP member as well, but a researcher out of Texas. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we love talking about reports with noses because uh, it does vary. Um, and I think it varies for obvious reasons. Uh, but you mentioned a flat nose. And most of the reports that I've taken in and I've read and what, mention a flat nose. But some do say that it has more... You know, you know, a broad but pointed nose. You know, I, I've heard that uh, a lot. So the nose is is interesting to me. Uh, did you could you make out the? Uh, you said there wasn't much hair on the forehead. What about the rest of the face? And you know, did it have any features? Any other features about the face? No, it didn't really have any other features around the face. It appeared to be. Um... I, I'm ne- I, ne- I was never really sure, but it appeared to have what, a, what looked like a, a beard and no mustache. Gotcha. So, mm-hmm. uh, could you make out hair? I mean, could you see hair flowing or length or anything like that, or just you just yeah? No, no, that that was hard to determine from, from where I was and from the uh, from the distance I was at. I mean, and, and I, I was probably too terrified to even worry about the hair length or anything like that. Yeah, right. <clears throat> you know, uh, and, anyway. Yeah, go ahead. Any, anyway, the second, the second, you know, the second encounter, what, as I as, to, to, to pick up where I left off on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was driving, this thing had stopped in this ditch and stood there. And it never looked at me. It had its back to the road. And I, as I was passing it, I saw this massive bicep in the right arm. Because it, its right arm was facing south. Its left arm was facing north. It just stood there, stood still. And the most unique feature, it was a white color, or dirty white. Uh... And it just stood there with its back to the road, never looked at me. And as I passed it, I could see these muscles in its back. And it, I mean, it, it had some tremendous muscle definition. I mean, I could, I mean, just just for the brief time that I saw it, I, it, I just kind of, I, I took a mental picture, as it were, of of. You know, and it's something that still that I still can can picture now. The uh, these these massive um, these muscles in the back, and as I passed it, you know, I just it didn't do anything. It just stood there, and I just kept driving. I just kept on going, and that kind of that made me realize, holy smokes! <laughs> I think I just saw a white one. I mean. And I, yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what else it could have been. I don't think it was somebody fooling around in a suit, because who who's going to be out there in a suit 
messing around on the on the off chance that somebody's going to drive by at that time in the morning. For one thing, and this thing was huge. I mean, it was tall. I would estimate about seven and a half foot, maybe eight foot tall. But it was standing in a ditch, so I really couldn't determine absolute height. But I'm, I'm just guesstimating what the height was. But it was standing in a ditch, so it could have been. And, and the ditch was probably, uh, the ditch might have been about uh, two feet deep. So. Maybe three feet. Yeah, and you said, I think you said that was about, what, one thirty in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what the heck so, were you doing out there at one thirty in the morning? <laughs> I was coming home. I was driving home from Leland. I, I was visiting my uh, visiting my sister and her husband. Right. Uh, and I you was know, coming home. What, so I was, many sightings I was coming home come, from visiting them, so. Yeah, so many sightings come from, uh, I mean, the vast majority of, you know, sightings or reported sightings come from people driving um, along roads, uh, not just logging roads, but just along, uh, you know, roads. And that's uh, that to me is fascinating. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you describe this thing as white, and that's pretty rare, but in certain areas reported more than others. Yeah. I mean... It uh, is, and, and even in John Green's files, it's only... Like ten percent of his reports are and, of white creatures. So, yeah, yeah, and in 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 a vast majority of them, uh, the white seem to be more uh, midwestern and and, and east. Uh, you know, we don't get a whole lot of white reports out here in the Pacific Northwest, and right. so I, I always key in on that and think it's very interesting uh, that people report that. So it's you know the variants and. And what's going on there, you know, if, if in fact people are seeing a white Sasquatch, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you have, and you also, you also have the reports from Ohio of white ones as well. Yeah. And Don Keating got footage of what I think was a white one in 1992. So. We had a, I actually investigated a report of a, a white one up in Washington, a BFRO report several years ago with, Outside of Aberdeen, with uh, Dave Ellis was and I and uh, and another gentleman went up and and interviewed uh, a family that had had a experience like ten years before that. So every once in a while, yeah, and you know uh, Ken Pettyjohn from Yakima, Washington, reported to Roger Patterson that the one he saw was white, and that was 1966. That's right. And yeah. that 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 was in Roger Patterson's book. So, so there have been reports in the Pacific Northwest, but but yeah, Shane, you're right. They are rare. They are very rare. Yeah. Yeah, very rare. I mean, I I'll, I'll be honest. I'm never taking a report of of uh, I know Gunner mentioned one, but I'm personally never taking a report of a albino or white uh, looking Sasquatch. I, but I, I've read uh, many reports. You know, they, they seem to be. A little more rare this side of the country um, uh, than than say you know Ohio. I know yeah, Ohio actually gets. Pro- I would imagine Ohio leads the pack as far as reports on uh, white or albino sasquatches. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, fascinating. You know, some of the questions in the chat room. Uh, Bruce Kelly's got some really good ones, and uh, I got to <laughs> ask you: Have you have you ever you know with your sightings or in in your 
cranking out there? Have you ever come across a, a, an odor, or was there an odor with any of your sightings? And the other uh, question uh, Bruce brought up that I liked was, uh, uh, you know, did you notice a brow ridge on, you know, um, your sighting around the house? Oh, okay, on the first question, I have never, I have never uh, detected an odor ever. I, I was in a car, so I, I probably wouldn't have been able to smell it anyway. But for the second sighting, now the first one I was 50 yards away, so it would have been kind of difficult to detect an odor from that far away. So, no, mm-hmm. no odor. Yeah. As to the second question, did I notice a brow ridge? Yes. Yes, there was a brow ridge, and it's very much like the descriptions of, of, of those who have seen the faces of these things. It's very very similar. Do you think? I mean, I mean, Henry, are you like? Are you a? Where, where do you lie it with Sasquatch? I mean, are you a hundred percent believer? I mean, you know what you saw. I mean, you a hundred percent believer, or, or are you more? Uh, you could have mistaken, you know, the identity of what you saw. I would not call myself a believer, so to speak, mm-hmm. per se. I would call myself a knower and a concluder because okay. yeah. I mean, see, seeing is believing. When you yeah. see one of these things, then then you can no longer you know have any questions about do they exist? Yeah. Right. I personally do not like the word believer. I don't really care for that. I, I don't even care for knower. But I mean, you're, if you if you you do know. I mean, I know. I personally know Sasquatches out there. They exist. I just don't claim to know what they are. I mean, do you have any opinion as to what Sasquatch may or may not be? I mean, do you have uh, an opinion there or an idea? Well, I mean, we can. You know, a lot of us we speculate exactly what they are. Um, I, I do think they are some kind of primate. But I, but mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know exactly what kind. I mean, they could be yeah. Gigantopithecus. They could be uh, a ho- of the genus Homo. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean Homo sapien. I mean of I mean they could be Australopithecine. They could be Paranthropus. Uh, they could be any of these um, any of these uh, these ancient human species. Now, the ones that are described in Russia, they sound a lot more like perhaps Neanderthal or other form of early man, the way they're described. Whereas the ones that the ones that are seen here look much more ape like and they must they and they do kind of match the description of Gigantopithecus, but there's only one problem. We're still not really sure if Gigantopithecus walked upright or not. Right. And that's right. Still, that's, that's still a yeah. that's still a debate and a hot and a hot topic. Even today, in anthropological circles, we really yeah. don't know if those if those walked upright or not. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of questions with that too. You know, I mean, uh, I, what do you what are your thoughts about the fossil record? Because uh, you know, one of the things people come back at, back at me with is that, well, there's no evidence that um, you know that large primates uh, lived in you know the continental United States or you know whatnot, um, but also. Uh, there's just no, uh, we haven't come across bones. Uh, you know, there's just no record there. Uh, I, I mean, I got my opinion on that. But uh, do you have an opinion? And, and when it, I'm sure you've been asked this before. Well, the fossil record, uh, there have been small primates that have been found in the United States. There was 
some remains of one found in Mississippi several years ago. It was a uh, yes. What was it? What was it? It was um, it was a type some of kind was of it a type of lemur. Yes, it was a lemur. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it was a, it was a, it was a type of lemur. Yeah. Uh, the bones were found here in Mississippi, over in East Mississippi. So it's not impossible. You know why? Why haven't we found bones? Well, I think there are several explanations, or several theories, I should say. Uh, number one, uh, perhaps uh, because of the acidic soils in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. the bones just don't stick around very long. Because I, I, I was reading in Peter Burns' book about uh, there are these wet acidic soils because it, because there's so much rainfall up there. And when something is when something like that was well, even even when large animals die, their bones will dissolve, mm-hmm. or they also there are also all kinds of uh, all kinds of scavengers and predators in the woods that eat that eat remains, and and, and then you get down to teeth and bones and things like that. Porcupines and deer mice eat those. Yes. So that's another and- theory. And the, the fossil record, to be honest with you, is so incomplete. They're making new discoveries, I mean, daily, that change. Uh, I mean, we're seeing this almost every day. You know, uh, every month something new comes out that changes uh, a theory or an idea uh, and blows your mind. The, the fossil yep. record is so incomplete to even make mention that, well, we haven't found, Well, yeah, maybe we haven't. Big deal. <laughs> you know, that doesn't even shock me uh, or come across as surprising. We were um, speaking of you know, uh, not finding bones, you know, we, uh, I was in Washington this weekend and, and my partner, and I had, we were going down this ravine and we could smell death. Something had died and it was pungent, you know, and, you know, uh, no, it wasn't a Sasquatch. It, it was the smell of death and you could tell cause we were right on it. And we found this stump and there was this huge hole underneath this stump, uh, a cave almost, but you'd have to crawl in there. And it was about probably, uh, three feet wide and two feet tall. Something had crawled in there and died, and we were we really curious right. to see as to what it was. Well, never figured it out, but, you know, uh, when things go to die, uh, you know, this thing had probably, I mean, maybe a carcass was dragged in there, but when things go to die, they usually, especially animals, I mean, I've had cats do this, yeah, they usually disappear, and they go and they want to be away from predators, and they go and die peacefully, you know? I mean, they're just not right. found yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. Exactly, and that's that's one main reason why you don't find a whole lot of um, remains. And, and we're talking about things that died a natural death. We're not talking about stuff that was shot or right or was hit by a car or something like that. We're talking about natural deaths. Um, and also another theory that the reason we don't find bones is because perhaps they bury their dead. Perhaps the Sasquatches bury their dead. And there have been there have been uh, reports from individuals who say, "Yeah, I saw a group of Sasquatches burying another one." So you have that yeah. factor, and then and then my my father has speculated maybe they eat their dead, maybe they are cannibalistic. So who knows? Yeah, and of course, yeah, it could be the more. Uh, no. That's a great point. The more colorful individuals will say, well, they disappear, they go in and out of dimensions, and <laughs> they're they're brought by UFOs, and the UFO picks them up and all that, you know. And, and mm. I, 
I realize, I mean, and they have the right to believe that. I'm not going to say they don't have the right to believe that, but personally, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't go along with that. I, I don't go along with those, uh, those, those theories. Um, I, I'm the type who, I, I try not, you know, John Green said, why try and explain one uh, mysterious, you know, anomaly by by bringing in another mysterious anomaly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, every, all everything that I personally experienced uh, uh, and and witnessed and recorded and have seen in person, uh, especially recently, uh, points to some sort of uh, you know uh, primate. Uh, it just it screams to me. Uh, I so I mean, I, do I know that for a fact? No, <laughs> no, no. I I know little. But what I'm seeing is it is explained naturally. And points uh, the behavior uh, and and some of the findings out there in the what I call evidence uh, screams primate. I mean, it just screams. Yeah. Now, uh, obviously, we're dealing with something. Um, I personally, and this is my personal opinion, is something you know very rare. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason we don't find bones. Um, very rare. Uh, we don't know anything about a social structure, but rare. Uh, and uh you know reclusive and uh you know just hard to find i mean uh, be, uh, obviously <laughs> you know but but intelligent uh intelligent enough to avoid us i mean and that stands to reason obviously yeah yeah i would agree i mean you got you got to think about you know the pacific northwest is such a large area um and there's so much there's so much acreage uh, in the Pacific Northwest, which no man ever goes in, uh, there's uh, only only aerial surveys cover a lot of that territory. Um, and there was a there there was you know, Peter Burns brought this up that there were 73 aircraft between 1948 and I think the early 90s. There, there. The all these aircraft wound up, you know, missing. Nobody ever found it. Found, found mm-hmm. any, there was no wreckage found. Nothing. Um, and look at DB Cooper. Where did DB Cooper go? <laughs> right. Yeah, his parachute and the whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that, that you bring up a good point with the planes, you know. Um, and and you know, there's all you know, Alaska. Is vast, and they have a ton of missing planes. Same with, I mean, even uh, in Oregon, we have uh, you know aircraft that have gone missing. No one's found, uh, and that goes yep. throughout the United States and in Canada, and uh, never found. Well, there you go. I mean, come on now. There's 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 areas that there was areas I've been in recently that no one's trekked in. I mean, you could tell no one's trekked in. Uh, at least I don't think anybody's trekked in. You can't say no, but. Uh, I don't think anybody would go to some of these areas. <laughs> so, uh, but right. uh, you know, there's a lot of mysteries out there, and these these. Uh, I don't think people really appreciate the vast wilderness, uh, you know, and and how how uh, creatures and at, known animals move about. You know, I was in an area where, you know, there were the evidence of bear was everywhere. Uh, in fact, I found a uh, fresh uh, cougar scat uh, and a fresh marking, you know, tried to bury it 
on moss, you know, scooped up the moss. I mean, I had a cat around me, uh, I found multiple, you know, I'd been eating deer. I found a scattered multiple times. Never saw a freaking uh, cat, never saw a bear. I didn't even see a deer um, this weekend. But they were everywhere. I mean, the signs were there, but yeah. I never saw one. In fact, it was so quiet, you know, and it, I don't think anything to do with Sasquatch. It's just that uh, they they were there. I just never saw them, you know. And, and a good uh, good friend of mine, uh, avid hunter, OP member, you know, mentioned to me that uh, he said, you know, if you go in thinking you're not going to, you know, there's no deer around, you're not going to see a deer. But if you go in thinking you will, I mean, and you're looking, you, you will see deer. And I went in thinking, you know, at first I wouldn't. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to see one. And I didn't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's a he's a, an avid hunter and one of the best hunters I know, bar none, uh, manimal of a guy. And so I listened to him. But, uh, you know, that's, you know, here I am in, in the woods and saw signs of stuff, but never saw a dang anything, you know. Right, yeah. And, and it also uh with Sasquatches, I think uh I think they can utilize and I think the reason people may not see them is because and if it and, and they may be legitimately looking for them. Mm-hmm. But people don't see them because they're able to utilize natural camouflage and, and what I mean by that is they can stand still, perfectly still in the woods. You can walk right by one, never see it. They they will stand perfectly still. They'll be like a statue. Yeah. They they will they, they will just stand there, and they'll blend in with the trees, or they'll make themselves look like a tree, or whatever. And unless they want you to see them, you know, you're not going to. <laughs> you are not going to see one unless they really want you to see it. Or, or, or you know, I don't think they're perfect. I think they make mistakes, you know, or get caught in a scenario where they have to show themselves for a second because maybe they're cornered or, you you know, there's a whole very, very amount of reasons why something would be seen, you know. Uh, but, I mean, I've been in the woods and looked at something, you know, for 10 minutes and it didn't move, and then it turns out to be a doe or a buck. You know, just, they sit that still, you know. But I'm thinking, oh, yeah. I think I see, I, I, I see a head and uh, – you know, I'm thinking ungulant, uh, but it's not moving. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not seeing what I think I'm seeing. And then it moves, and you're like, oh, dang, that is a, that's a deer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, known animals uh, in, in the woods, I mean, they're they're in their environment. You know, that's why we call it, uh, you know, when, when hunters go out hunting, they're hunting. You know, it's not, uh, it's like when you're fishing. You're not, it's not called catching. It's called fishing because there's no guarantee. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, you hope to catch something. You don't always catch something, yeah. but hunters, you know, they go on. They don't always catch. You know, they always they don't always uh, bring in something. Um, it's a, a tricky it's a tricky thing, you know, and takes skill and, and uh, <laughs> a lot of factors. But uh, you know, animals are good at concealing themselves. Yeah, they are. They they're very good at concealing themselves, and um, they uh, I, I I think they uh, they utilize everything in their environment to their advantage. And I think that's what Sasquatches do. I think that they utilize everything in their environment. They utilize, yeah. they utilize cover. They utilize, uh, uh, the, the ability to stand still. They utilize, 
they utilize whatever they have around them. And right. I, I think, uh, you know, Derek Randalls has said it, and I agree with him. They are far, they are far, away, far and away, are superior in the woods. Yes, and and once again, to me, that would stand to reason. Uh, you know, uh, we're not out there daily. I mean, well, sometimes we're out there daily, but we don't live in the woods. Uh, you know, that's why I think the Native Americans, you know, uh, had a lot more. I mean. I think sightings and, and, and were actually around Sasquatch and, uh, you know, had their, their fish stolen or whatever they were doing, you know, and, and had more interaction with them than we do because they were out there. I mean, they were living out there, whereas we were, we're uh, weekenders, we're, you know, hunters, we're this, we're that, but we're not out there and we're not really uh, in tune with our surroundings as much as maybe we used to be. Right, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about a species of creatures that are in these woods all the time. They know everything. They know every nook and cranny. They know every tree. They know every escape route. And and the thing is, you're not really going to corner them very often, <laughs> if at all. I, yeah, yeah. I love that thought. Uh, they know. The more the more the more evidence and things I I find in, in in some of these areas and and the people I talk to, you talk about escape routes. Uh, I think that's a huge topic that's not really discussed. Uh, Sasquatch, for me, uh, is a, as hypothesis. They have escape routes. You know, if they're hunkering down in an area, in an area, they 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 have they're. You know their thought process, or whatever. They're already, you know, it's like, a, it's like, uh, well, first of all, they could probably disappear like that. I mean, take off and gone, see ya, uh, and could be very stealthy about it. But uh, their escape routes, uh, I, I think, we don't give them enough credit. Uh, you know, as well as just known animals. I mean, proven species, they, we don't give them enough credit. The escape route. I mean, uh, you know, talk to any hunter about a. A buck, and and you you do the wrong thing, and it's gone, and you're like, crap, that's that's done. Um, yeah, gone. See ya. Um, bears, the whole nine. These guys have, they can move so. Uh, I mean, animals in general can move so quickly through the woods, uh, but escape routes to me, and I've been trying to key in on this lately. Uh, escape routes, especially when it comes to, um, you know, animals got to sleep. Right, animal, any animal, humans got to sleep, got to sleep. So, but yep. you don't ever want to be cornered, and so you're going to strategically put yourself in a situation where uh, you can escape. You know, you know what I'm saying, Henry? I mean, do you kind of agree, or do you have any thoughts on that? I, I, I think that makes sense. I, mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're, if, you're, if you feel like you're being threatened by humans. Or if humans are encroaching on your territory, then you know you're going to have to get out of there. You're going to you're going to have to you're going to, have to find find a way to escape. And I think since they are so attuned to their environment, they know they, they know they know exactly how to get out of there. Mm-hmm. They're the, they're not going to get caught. You know, they're not going With to get caught. Flat, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get caught if you'll excuse the term flat-footed, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I totally agree, um, Henry. What 
What are some of the most interesting pieces of possible evidence out there to you, uh, whether it's film, um, uh, track castings, uh, anything else that maybe I'm not even thinking about? I mean, what, are, what, what do, you, do you find compelling? I would definitely say the footprint castings and 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 the the and sometimes especially the ones that seem to be found in areas where nobody's been for years um, some researchers have described they go into an area they and, and they go to step down they move a bush out of the way and there's a footprint right underneath there. Now, who's going to put a footprint right under a bush on the off chance somebody's going to find it? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's that's just that to me is ludicrous to think this that, that a hoaxer would do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, yeah. a lot some of the footprint casts, and I have copies of a lot of them. Um, I, I think some of them are legit. Some of them may be questionable. Some of them may not be legit. Um. But I, I think the footprints and the anatomy of some of these footprints is very compelling. Now, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, obviously, he has, you know, there may be, and I know there are very people out there who are not very keen on Dr. Meldrum, you know, especially with his recent associations. But, um, yeah. you know, hey, he's the guy. When it comes to footprints, he's the guy. He's He's I know, and, and I'm, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but he's the expert. He's the expert on that. So, hmm. um, at and, least in and, terms of the foot morphology. There you go. Exactly, Gunner. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Well. As, as far as foot morphology is concerned, you know, and the the Charles Break theory that he came up with. I mean, it's based on scientific data. He's not just he wasn't. He he didn't just pluck that out of thin air one day and say, "Oh, this just gee, this sounds good." You know, he studied the Laetoli tracks. That's where that's where he developed the theory from because the Laetoli tracks had much the same features. So that is, I mean, that has been his pet theory for a long time. Is is the mid tarsal break feature? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I have two footprint casts copies of footprint casts that have that feature in them. One, of course, from the Patterson-Gimlin film, mm-hmm. uh, which was you know, casted by Bob Titmus, and then another, which was casted by Paul Freeman in 1991 at yeah, Mill Creek, Mountain, Washington. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, and, um, now, of course, you know, of, course it's all, of course, as far as film, I mean, we got the, the, the Patterson-Gimlin film, yes, I mean, it's the most compelling piece of visual evidence we have. Um, and I, I'm convinced that that is, I, I'm convinced that the subject of that film is real. I mean, a lot of people say, is the film real? Well, yeah, it's the film is real because, it's, because it, yes, it's a film. Film mm-hmm. film is real. Is the subject of the film real? That's what, that's what people should be asking themselves. And yeah. I think, I, I think that the subject of the film is real. You know, and I base that on uh, what Bill Munns has done, his excellent um, a- a- analysis of the film. Um, I-, I recommend everybody, highly recommend reading the book When Roger Met Patty. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you really want to get a perspective on uh, on the PG film and on 
a, you know, a guy who's a former makeup effect and uh, and costume maker. Yeah, creature of Black Lagoon, yeah. King Kong. He's done a lot of stuff. Uh, I had the, the pleasure of uh, my buddy Larry and I had the pleasure of driving him to the airport after uh, uh, well, uh, after the uh, Yakima Roundup Bigfoot uh, uh-huh. event and uh, got to really get in depth and talk to Bill Munns and uh, was you know. Very honest guy, you know, a very honest guy. And his work on the Patty film and his in-depth in, uh, approach uh, from, you know, an outsider as a, a makeup artist, uh, you know, uh, and whatnot. Phenomenal. I mean, just like I said, um, yeah, definitely read that book. Yeah, and, and if, if if there's a Bigfoot conference coming up and he's a speaker, and if you're able to go, I would recommend going to, to just to hear him, just to hear his presentation on the PG film. Because I've I've had the I've had the distinct pleasure of hearing him in tw- per- in, in person twice, mm-hmm. and giving giving two different presentations on the film, and absolutely absolutely fantastic. And the information that he that he shares is is truly tremendous. Um, so I would recommend. Um, you know, seeing you know, seeing about you know, see, going to, going to one of his present going to one of his presentations. Yeah. What do you think about the? Uh, I mean, you're a bit of a you're definitely a historian when it comes to the subject, uh, Henry. You're definitely a historian, and I I appreciate that to no end. What do you, but what do you think about some of the? Uh, two questions here. What do you think about the Paul Freeman uh, footage, and is that legit? And also, uh, you know, is there any, you know, in an age of of social media and uh, Sasquatch, the related subject and matter being kind of a a thing out there, it's it's popular. Uh, you know, you got Finding Bigfoot and all these shows. Any other footage out there that you you were interested in that that may be legit? Uh, you know, we got stuff out of Utah and all these other places. Uh, people are posting stuff all the time. A lot of it's uh, a joke. A lot of it's hoaxing. A lot of it's just uh, misidentification. Anything else that sticks out to you when it comes to film? Okay, first question is about Paul Freeman. And Mm -hmm. I'll say this about Freeman. He is... There was a lot of controversy surrounding him and the fact that he told Good Morning America that he hoaxed tracks. But... My, you know, I wonder. I wonder could he could his could his clip have been taken out of context? Could they have edited that clip, perhaps, That's to make it I, look see, like? My, yeah, my understanding make, is that he he purposely did that to to learn something from those. Uh, but right, that was right. my understanding too. Yeah, is that that was kind of taken out of context and made right. it that he said I yeah. I practice making footprints and yeah for the purpose of seeing what they how they could be manipulated or what, but not not to present as evidence. But yeah. Right, right. Now 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 the footage that he took in nineteen ninety two a lot of people say nineteen ninety four, actually nineteen ninety two, um, in the Mill Creek watershed area, um, in the Blue Mountains in eastern Washington. It's interesting. I mean it it, it you see, you do see something walking from right to left across the screen, and it looks pretty, pretty bulky. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty substantial looking. I mean, if that if that was a hoax, it was a really good hoax. If it was a hoax, mm-hmm. um, and you know, of course, later on, you know, he's 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 following this thing, and then he gets video of it picking something up. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what was it picking up? And that that has not that has not been. Uh, determined satisfactorily what exactly it was that thing was picking up. There are those who say, well, he was it was picking up a baby, uh, it was picking up uh, some limbs or something like that. We don't know. The, the, the video was just too blurry to, to make that determination. Um, I'm kind of, I have to say, I'm kind of on the fence about the Freeman footage. Um, I kind of... I I give it a fifty-fifty. You know, fit, half 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 it could be real, half it couldn't be real. So well, so that would put Freeman in, in into in two aspects. Either he filmed a Sasquatch, or, or you know, <laughs> because it's it it doesn't look like a human. Well, it's definitely him. You know, no, it's definitely or a Bigfoot or a person or a hoax. Yeah, or a hoax. Right, yeah. one or two. Yeah, because it it's a. I mean, if that's not. I mean, he did a hell of a job of, like you say, hoaxing it if he did, because that would be right up there with uh, the PG film if if it's not fake, so. Right, yeah, I, I agree. Now, Shane, I, I, I can't remember what your second question was. Well, is there any other footage out there uh, that you, oh, you know, right. uh, with, yeah, that you find compelling or interesting? Because uh, I know, I know you like myself, pay attention to some of this stuff, you know, and I'm always interested in, in I'll give it a shot. You know, a lot of times I'm, <laughs> well, mo, uh, 99% of the time I'm, you know, like, eh, or poorly disappointed. But there's been a few, uh, but, I mean, for you personally, any footage out there that, uh, recent footage, or maybe something I'm not even aware of that's out there that, that you find interesting or maybe a little compelling? Well, there has been some interesting stuff that's come out of Oklahoma, um, which a lot of people had not actually seen. A lot of, some footage, some thermal footage from Oklahoma, uh, by taken by members of the Mid America Bigfoot Research Center, mm-hmm. which I found very compelling, and also uh, Paul Holsey's uh, thermal uh, video, which was shown on Finding Bigfoot when they were in Alabama. And I saw that I saw that footage before it was on Finding Bigfoot, so I, I give that a pretty good uh, pretty good chance of being real. And, and the other thermal footage as well, the, the thermal footage out of Oklahoma. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, footage and thermal video and things like that, uh, it's not going to solve the mystery. I mean, you can take all the you can take you can take National Geographic quality video or photographs, and they still won't be compelling. They won't be enough for the scientists. Oh, and another thing is uh, the the recent photo by uh, Jeff and Teresa Yellick out of Colorado, which uh, you can see what appears to be a face behind some trees. Mm-hmm. You can see a nose, and you can see eyes, and it looks really good. If it's legitimate, then then that is a really good photograph. It's not it's not your typical blob squatch. I mean, you can see a face in there. Mm-hmm. Still not good enough, though, right? I mean, still, like you said, uh, you can take some great footage. Um, 
whether it's trail camera or GoPro or whatever have you, uh, it's just not good yeah. enough. I mean, it's not going to solve the uh, the mystery. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I, I don't think that's going to be enough to to satisfy the scientific community. Yeah. Um, science no, no, no piece of free. Yeah, nothing. I mean, nothing. By no photographic evidence can be enough. At this no, point, I mean we're no. we're talking about a body, or I mean we're talking about the way to to bring it, to prove it to science is a a specimen alive or dead, or some kind of long term study, you know that has that has. Uh, is backed up by multiple pieces of evidence. Lots, I mean, more than one piece of, of video, photographic evidence, backed up by DNA, backed up by, you know, I mean, that's that's about it. I don't think any any uh, single photograph or or video is going to do it for science. I mean, we have the Patterson Gimlin film, and, and it's not been they've not been able to disprove that in all this time, but. It, it is not enough on its own. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're exactly correct on that, Gunner. Um, and you know, my feeling, and it may be this may be a controversial position to take, but I think it's going to take a body, and I think we need at least one specimen. That's what I think. I, that, that's what I believe. I think we need one specimen, and don't kill any more. No more. I don't think we need to bring in any more. And that's what the NAWAC is trying to do. They're trying to... Right. Do it. But they're, they're also trying to utilize alternate forms of um, of getting proof. For instance, um, I was watching a presentation by Brian Brown, who's a member of the NAWAC. Mm-hmm. And he's also one of the admins on the... Uh, one of the founders of BigfootForums.com. And... Um, he was saying that they they had this uh, this this tracking device, which was like a burr. It was much like a bird, but it, it could get stuck in the stuck in the hair. And apparently, and what they did was they tied it to a string and had it hanging down uh, out of a tree. And something came along and it got stuck in the uh, in the in the hair of something. And they think it was a Sasquatch, by the way. Uh, and they they tried to track it, and whatever it is, this thing is still attached to something. It, it may be attached if, if it is a Sasquatch, it's still attached to it. And uh, Brian said, "Well, hopefully, maybe if this thing falls off the creature, it'll it'll take hair with it. It'll take hair with it too, and then they will have legitimate hair." They can get tested, and and that might be an alternate. Uh, instead of having to kill one, that might be an alternate way to get the DNA. So, well, I mean, what are they get, what are they going to compare that DNA to? Oh yeah, yeah, there is that, isn't there? Yeah, there is because uh, I I mean personally, I fully believe that. Uh, in fact, I'll be honest with you, I, I collected hair this weekend, and. <laughs> Uh, in an area, and uh, I was floored at looking at this hair. And um, I collected bear hair, and I—I I mean, I know—I know it's bear hair, but I collected other hair, uh, given the area, and I was kind of floored by it. You know, I, I've collected hair before, but this was uh, unique 
for uh, multiple reasons. Um, but there's only so much you can do with hair uh, because what are you comparing it to? You know, I mean, it, it'll come up uh, probably um, unknown. What, that doesn't right. really solve the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so certainly, um, yeah. The NAWAC they are out to, uh, to 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 bring one in for science for cer- for mm-hmm. certain. And and I support that. I agree with that. I mean, I know there may be those out there who say, "Oh no, no, we can do it. We can do it an alternate way." You know, we've tried all the alternate ways. Look at look at the DNA. I mean, yeah, well, I, I won't mention which study uh, made a made a fiasco out of that, but uh, their initials are Melba Ketchum. Oh, oh did I say that? <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> And uh, th- that whole thing was just a circus. That that whole thing was a fiasco. I mean, and then Dr. Sykes, he received samples, and uh, he tested them. Dr. Brian Sykes, and they turned out to be more mundane animals. Um, if, if I was going to send if I was going to send a DNA sample to anybody, it would be him, though, or Todd Dissetel. Mm-hmm. Because neither one of them really has the agenda to prove, to prove or disprove Sasquatch. They're out for the science. They're out to do this for science. So if I were to find some DNA or whatever, or or if I found something that I couldn't identify, could not identify, I mean, it would be, in the U.S., it would be Todd Disatel. You know, and if he couldn't figure it out, he might, he might send it to Dr. Sykes. So, um, yeah, it's it's funny because I had a I was reading this article from a friend of mine who said, oh, we don't need a specimen, we just need a foot, so we can compare it to all the track castings out there. Let, let's just get a foot. You know, we don't need a specimen. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think a foot is part of a specimen. Is it not? Well, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Good luck. Good but, luck uh, getting, getting a bigfoot to give give up a foot, though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> please. <Yeah. laughs> I'm just walking around in the yeah, woods with but, an axe. Uh, it it yeah. will take uh, it full. It mean, um, it will take something more than what we're doing now or have is evidence. You know, it's not going to be film. Um, it's not going to be hair. It may comp- You know, the, for that day of discovery, which I think will come, uh, all the gathered pieces of possible evidence, I think, will come into a factor. But it will take. Um, a lot more than what we have now, and whether that's a, a specimen or whatnot, you know. I mean, it, that's just the cold, hard facts. Yeah, and even if it's just a piece of the body, if it's a foot, a head, a hand, a finger, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Grover Krantz suggested if you can get, if you, if you can't, if you can, if you can, if you can get it, cut off the head. Can't cut off the head, cut off the hand. Can't cut off a hand, cut off the foot. You know, that, that, those were the things that, that Grover Kranz suggested years ago. Well, that, what, what that would do, uh, it wouldn't prove Sasquatch, but what that would do is get academia, uh, real, um, it get science, uh, scientists and whatnot involved, because there would be something unknown there. Uh, okay, well, we have, I mean, found in the United States, you know, something unknown, and <laughs> that would get uh, perhaps academia involved uh wholeheartedly rather than, you know, uh, your odd person giving their two tidbits, uh, you know. I mean, that would get science involved. 
Yeah, you know, John Bindernagel makes an excellent point. He says it's not that scientists science it's not that science is um it's it's not that science is looking into it and finding it finding evidence lacking. Science is just looking the other way. And it's true, they are. Scientists they're most scientists are not looking into this um with an open mind. They're they're not uh they're just kind no, of they're, 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 they're they dismiss it. I mean, it, it, the scientists figure you may as well you may as well be chasing leprechauns or unicorns or whatever. And you know, the the, the, the attitude of science should be exploration. It should be you know wanting to have new discoveries. Yeah, and we're not well, seeing that with science. Why do you think that is in the case of of this subject, Henry? I mean, why do you think they're they're ignoring the possibility of of the existence of of a unknown primate? It's a really good question, Gunner, and I, I think there I can only speculate on on why they they ignore it. I, I think it's probably because. Um, they're afraid to be wrong. They're they're afraid to they're afraid to be told. Oh yeah, you know, you were wrong about this. They they don't want they don't want to they don't want to be proven wrong about something. Well, I, and I, I, think, I agree. I agree with you there, but I also think that I mean, and I don't hold them against them, but I mean, it seems quite impossible in a lot of ways that we have not discovered or proven the existence of Sasquatch. You know, I mean, it just seems that. It, that it is impossible. Now, I mean, I look at that and go, yeah, I mean, I agree. Why, why haven't we done this? But we don't even understand what we're dealing with, you know. Uh, uh, and and I don't think it, it is going to, for science to get involved, I mean, for what it's worth to prove it, um, they're going to need much more tangible um, evidence, unfortunately. You know, uh, you know, I mean, it's not going to take, uh, you know, a you know, a biologist, you know, like uh, John Mindzinski, uh who, you know, had an incredible encounter, uh, to, it's not going to work like that. You know, uh, it's going to take really tangible evidence, and they will not stick their necks out there to really look at uh, some of the findings. Uh, some have, and, but we, it, there, there needs to be more. I mean, bottom line, there needs to be more, and, uh, um I think uh, there's a lot of groups out there and, and, and individuals that are collecting stuff. I mean, they're collecting. It's not always shared, but they're collecting. They're collecting. They're collecting, uh, not just for the day of discovery, but for um, a really solid um, portfolio, uh, so to speak, uh, of, of tidbits and evidence, you know. Um, but it's going to take something monumental to get a really hard look at this, um, a funded uh, hard look at this. It takes money, uh, you know. Uh, a lot of researchers out there, and I think you'll agree, Henry, uh, do this on their own time. Spend. I, I, I couldn't. I, I don't even want to tell you what I spent this year on, on this subject. Uh, is <laughs> do I feel my money's well spent? Heck yeah. I mean, I. I'll be honest. I have my wife's approval. <laughs> you know, I have uh, that, <laughs> but uh, because she believes I'm pursuing something positive. But uh, uh, we're glad of you know, that. I, by the way, Shane. We didn't want her to find out on Monster X. We're glad that you had pre-approval, that she's not finding out today. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got some mad money saved away, but uh, yeah. But uh, you know, my efforts. I I hope um, that my efforts into some of the my time spent out there, my time spent off work, uh, and the equipment I've uh, obtained will uh, bring something positive. Um, I'm, I, I think I think I'm working that direction. I think it's working. Um, will I be the one to prove it? Probably not. But I think I am compiling data, and Henry, you're definitely doing that. Uh, you're definitely compiling. I mean, like I said, uh, you're quite the historian and quite the uh, – you know your stuff. I mean, you know the ins and outs. You know people, and you know uh, you're, you're very uh, – you're, you are skeptical too. Yeah, yeah, I mean – I, I don't take every I don't take every report at face value. I don't take every claim at face value. Um, I, I think I, I think you have to be skeptical. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you, you, know, you you can't just you can't just um, take everybody's word for it. You, know, you have to look into it. You have to investigate. You have to say, could this person have seen something, or could this person be making all this up? And and you don't want to call somebody a liar. You don't want to do that. But um, it's not really necessary. Yeah. But you're skeptical of evidence, not skeptical of the subject. I mean, you've had right. a, you've had what I I refer to as a confirmation experience. You know, you yeah. you had a sighting. You you know what you saw. So for you, there's no question that they exist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I've had people tell me. You know that they've had sightings, and I mean their their accounts were pretty compelling. Now, can I prove they saw anything? No, but I can't disprove it either. Just like when I tell people what I have seen, I can't prove what I saw. I can't I, I can't show them evidence. Oh yeah, this is what I saw, and here's a picture, or here's a a footprint cast, or whatever. I can't do that. All I can do is is is, and I don't expect anybody to believe me either. They can believe me or, or, or not. I can't. I can't force them to believe me. I, I can't right. do that. That's that's not my. That's not my. Uh, not in my job description. So, right. if people believe me, great. If not, well, I can't do anything about that. I, I can't control what people think. Yeah. Well, Henry, you said something pretty interesting earlier about the, you, you were whistling. I think it was your first encounter. You were whistling and and kind of uh, going back and forth with something. And you saw something swaying, you know. I mean, why were you whistling? I mean, what was the um, thought process behind that? I had read in some books that um, people said that they heard whistling in the woods. And actually, one night uh, I was asleep and I heard some. I heard a whistling. I thought. I, 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 at that time, I attributed that to Sasquatch. I don't know if it was a Sasquatch or not, though. It was. It was. It was kind of. A, it was kind of a strange uh, sound to hear at eleven o'clock at night. Hmm. I mean, who's going to be outside? Who's going to be outside whistling eleven o'clock at night? And, and why? Unless they're whistling for their dog or something. I mean, I, I can't think of too many people who go. Whistle for their dog. Mostly, when you whistle for a dog, you go like that. So, but I don't know. I, I can't say that that was a Sasquatch because I didn't see it. Right. Yeah. I mean, what I'm getting at is, you know, I, I, uh, 
I've heard some weird whistling in the woods. I've had some um, pretty uh, crazy encounters without a sighting, I, I would say. Uh, you know, uh, heard whistling and had a tree pushed over uh, in a nice, clear, uh, sunny day, no wind. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say pushed over. I assumed it was, but it, I could be wrong. But close to my tent and then across the trail. Uh, I've heard, uh, I was out with my, you know, and I mentioned this on the show multiple times, you know, I was out with my buddy Larry in our Tillamook area, and he had his dog with us, and something whistled, and the dog ran towards it, and we yelled to get back, you know, come back here, and something whistled to the left of us, uh, you know, 30 seconds later, and the dog went back in that direction, uh, and it was just the most odd whistle, uh, and so... You know, I bring up the whistle and things because, uh, you know, Native American um, artifacts, you know, a lot of the masks and stuff look like uh, almost a primate whistling or, you know, a mm-hmm. human face whistling, and, and, they, you know, um, and that's mentioned multiple times. Uh, but I, I guess my, my, my point is, do you believe that uh, going out into the woods and knocking on a tree or whistling or rock clanking or – do you think that, that, that that's – uh, do you, well, first of all, do you think that's real science, and do you think there's actually something to that, or are you know because most sightings, like I said, road roadside crossings where people are driving, uh, and also when uh, people are just being campers, they're just out there camping, they're they're uh, sometimes loud, boisterous, having fun, or just uh, solo camping, whatever. But uh, you know, how many researchers go out in the woods and actually have an encounter? Uh, by doing this this method, we got the shows like Finding Bigfoot doing this stuff, and it's entertainment. But a lot of people, a lot of people assume that that's what researchers do or should be doing. Um, I'm just curious as to your opinion on on that aspect of research or what people call research. Okay, well, um, lengthy question. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, what I was going to say was that. Um, I, I think sometimes people believe that that they can attract a Sasquatch by making the same sounds that are uh, allegedly from Sasquatches. They they can they can they can perhaps try and quote unquote fool the Sasquatch. Well, I don't think that's going to be. I don't think you're going to fool a Sasquatch, and if they can, you know that. Because I think I think they can I think they can pick up on certain uh, inflections or certain uh, um, patterns. They can pick up on certain patterns in voices or in wood knocking or whatever. And we we really don't even know that they would knock. For all we know, that those those what what appear to be wood knocking sounds may be chest beating. They may have a hollow chest. Maybe mechanical by nature. I mean, from coming from their actual body rather than uh, an object. Right, right, yeah. And and as far as going out in the woods and screaming or whistling or whatever, um, I think all you're going to do is wake up your neighbors if you're if you're <laughs> in a residential place. Um, yeah, and. Now, if you're in the middle of the woods doing that, um, I don't know. It just it it some sometimes it some, but but the thing is, you don't know what you're actually saying to the Sasquatches. That's why when people call blast, that's why you know we have people call blasting. But sometimes 
people will call blast gorilla calls. They won't necessarily broadcast alleged Sasquatch sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Sometimes they'll yeah. sometimes they'll call blast babies crying. Yeah. Or sounds of babies crying. That has been done. Yeah, I mean, you know, you really don't, I don't know really don't. if there is a wrong or right answer on that because you know, well, first of all, we don't know what Sasquatch does. Uh, we, you know, uh, we haven't proven Sasquatch exists for one, but two, uh, we don't know that they do fact beat on trees. Uh, well, I'm pretty dang sure they do, based on my my initial experience. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, a lot of hunters, you know, uh, go out and uh, they can call in animals. Uh, mimicking their sounds, where it's coyotes, uh, you know, um, elk. I mean, th- that's how a lot of hunters do their thing when hunting. Is that they'll they'll utilize the tools they have or their God-given talent, you know, and, and call something in, you know. Uh, so I mean, I can't rule out that you could possibly uh, call a Sasquatch in or, or make it interesting, or you know, but but yet. We know uh, for a fact what coyotes do and, and these other animals. We know the sounds they make. We know how they react. So it's it's it, that that's a fact. You know, um, it's proven. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I have um, I personally um, when I go out in the woods, uh, you know, do I do calls and knocks sometimes? Um, but I really try to steer away from that because I I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't know if Sasquatch does that. You know, my encounter in 2011, something, someone was hitting a tree, and I could feel, I mean, no, me and my buddies could feel it in, in our tents. And it was reverberating on the ground. You could feel it in your tents, and you could hear the echo. I mean, it was wood on wood, bam. But, you know, did I see a Sasquatch do it? No. But did I see one? Yes. Right. So you, you give the scenario as a whole. Um, but, yeah, like you said, you know, do Sasquatch pick up? I mean, do they, you know, too many questions there. Do they know how, do they knock a certain way? Do they, what do they do? It's a, it's a very uh, open, open-ended question. I just refer back to when most sightings happen. You know, the only thing I did that weekend that I, you know, I remember doing was yelling into the valley. And it wasn't for Sasquatch. I just wanted an echo. Me and my buddies were goofing around. We echoed into the valley. But the other things we did was we, we hiked like 17 miles that day. Uh, over a two-day experience, we hiked everywhere, and we were, you know, we were loud and having a good time, and we got lost, and so most of the encounters uh, that happen, beside roadside crossings, you know, you're just driving, you see something cross road, um, people are just doing average everyday things. They're not, they're not seeking Sasquatch. They just happen to uh, have a, an encounter, you know, whether they're playing music at their campsite, having a fire and cooking food. So these are things that. Um, get my hamster wheel going. I, I'm thinking about, uh, you know. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, you kind of touched upon, it, but I mean, if if you were to go in the woods, how would Henry May? What would Henry May do in the woods? I mean, uh, if he thought he was in a an area where there may be Sasquatch, or he wanted an encounter, or a possible experience, or recordings, what would Henry May do? Uh, I would probably just set up a camp and. Um... I don't think I would. Uh, I don't think I would be making noise, you know, screaming or banging on trees or whatever. Uh, and if I did, I would do it very sparingly. I wouldn't do it all night long. Right. Um, 
a lot of people, a lot of people have said, and then Tom Powell has said this. You know, I don't like, I don't like trying to go looking for them. I like them to come to me, and um, that has worked for some people, where they've had, where they've had these creatures come in and uh, sort of satisfy their curiosity and. You know, just check out the check out the strange looking uh you know hairless uh hairless short people <laughs> you know mm. uh now going back to the whole thing with uh the wood knocking I have yeah. never heard or read of any account from anybody who has ever actually seen a sasquatch strike a tree with a right. log or 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 a branch so we really so so again we're speculating that they would not, but we really absolutely. But it's only speculation at this point. We really don't know if they do or not. But yes. as far as yeah, I don't think I would. I don't think I would take take any special uh, efforts to to um, to call in a Sasquatch. I, I don't think I would do that. Yeah, I, I think I would. I think I, I think I think I think they're pretty curious about 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 humans, and you know, people say, "Well, take a take a take a take a female with you, take kids with you, or whatever." And you know, if if I can find a willing female companion, <laughs> you know, maybe I take her out there. Yeah, there may be something to that. A lot of the. Um encounter possible encounters or experiences that i you know uh, the groups that i've worked with you know like tillmook and in in the limb project um females have been involved in that and i can't rule out that there's something there but i can't rule in that there's it's just chance uh, or that we're even dealing with a sasquatch but it, there does seem to be something possibly there with having um fellow female researchers with you um it's a possibility. Uh, I find it interesting because some of the the best encounter, possible encounters I've had have been when I've had females around. Now, my sighting back in 2011, uh, two-day encounter, just three males, two two buddies, no females. Um, but I've had and you other thought that was a pretty aggressive encounter. Well, yeah, yeah you saw the two, yeah, two, that was two nights pretty, in a row. Yeah. yeah, right, with a lot of tree knock yes. and a lot, I mean a lot of which you. You were pretty sure that that's what was going on, that it was wood on something hitting a tree with a lot well, of force. Well, no, I, I won't say wood, actually. Uh, yeah, I actually have a an inclination yeah. that it may have been a rock because we had a rock yeah. coming to camp shortly after these powerful knocks. Uh, I mean, a good softball-sized rock that just, you know, you hear it come through the trees. So I think what we call wood knocks may a lot of times be called rock knocks uh, on a tree. Um you know, as a possibility. Uh, so I can't rule that out. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, and, and, and rocks, you know, they're very convenient. You hit a, uh, uh, it would take quite, for that night, that, that night back in 2011, if someone was hitting a tree that hard, it would have to be one heck of a, a, a log, <laughs> so to speak. I mean, it, it was so profound. Um, so I, I have to assume that maybe it was a rock hitting the tree. And then, and then it got, you know, for a reason, threw a rock into our camp, you know, um, softball-sized rock. So uh, I think a lot of these encounters, uh, I, I personally think that they, they utilize rocks a lot 
you know, um, Derek Randall talked about this um, with the nesting area that, that was discovered, or bedding area that was discovered, um, that, you know, and I've, I've seen this firsthand, but there's these two rocks at the base of one of these nesting or bedding areas, and it looks like they've been scuffed, I mean, knocked together. Um, same size that was thrown into my camp. Uh, so I think a lot of times, I think, I, I, I personally believe that rocks are involved rather than um, you have to have, find the right piece of, I mean, you hit, a, you know, go find a branch and, or something and hit a tree. It's going to eventually break. I had five good knocks the second night in 2011 that were so powerful you could feel in your tent. Woke all my buddies up, and we're like, oh, crap. So uh, could a, yes, could a, a something hitting a tree that hard? It would have to be quite um, a solid piece of, uh, of uh, wood uh, or, or branch or stick or whatever, whereas a rock makes more sense to me. But, you know, I didn't see it do it, so I don't know. Well, and that's the thing is you think about something that's seven, eight feet tall. I, I mean, I've picked up pieces of wood and hit them against a tree, and it's it's hard, first of all, to find a solid piece of wood on the ground. A lot of them are already rotten. But you think about... Especially in the uh, Pacific... Yeah, spe- spe- right, especially but, in the but, but Pacific you think Northwest. If, right. If you're talking about something of this mass and this strength, and it's walking... It's got to be a hell of a stick, and... Uh, and if it hit it against a tree as hard as you're describing, you yeah. hear, you know, hear the branch shatter and break. So I mean, I would expect it to it's break. It's an interesting, quite honestly, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's we don't know. I always think that the the noises that that we attribute to Sasquatch is commun- most of the time is communication between a Sasquatch and another Sasquatch. Um, the whistling that you know you you and Larry heard whistling and then heard it from another direction within a short time frame. We subsequently have heard other whistling. I had something whistle out, you know, in front of me in the dark. It was interesting because it was, I think it was a communication regarding what I was doing because I was getting out of my car and when I shut the door, I heard a whistle. And then when we listened to the recording, we fortunately picked up the whistle and in the, we actually hear uh, a, a call in the, like a, scream in the background in the distance, which I, I didn't hear at the time because I immediately walked back to the camp to ask, ask the people sitting in camp if they had whistled, which was, was silly because I knew the direction the whistle came from. So, But it's I, I always think that, the, that most of the, unless, you know, the, the incidents of, uh, that are described as trees being pushed up over those aggressive kind of, and the the, your your experience with a lot of, of what appeared to be, it seemed to be a case of intimidation. And I wonder if a lot of that had to do because it was three uh, males, you know, as opposed to females. I think other, you know, other primates uh, are in, intimidate other males. So, yeah, you guys, and, and, you guys were and, and, pissing and them and off. Not to, you know. Not to cut our guests off here, but I think a lot of that had to do with our uh, getting lost. We hiked 17 miles that day. We got lost. We mm-hmm. hiked all over the freaking place, and maybe we stirred something up that we maybe we got close to something, and they weren't happy about it. I don't know. I, you know, they, these are thoughts going through my head. You know, I thought about well, maybe because where we camped next to the lake, we were cutting off the water source. 
uh, you know, the easily accessible water source to the lake. Now, and that can't really be it. Two nights in a row, there, there's other water sources out there. So maybe we stirred right. up something, we got close to something um, that, uh, or, or, I mean, you know, the uh, thoughts and ideas are endless. I just, I have no idea, no idea. But you still, are you still there, Henry? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, so <laughs> get on our tangent. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, so Henry, you know, Henry, I, I mean, um, are you an active? Are you yeah. an active researcher at this point? Not really. I, I really don't get out in the woods very much. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wish I, I, I'm not, and it's mainly because around here there's not a whole lot of. I don't. I don't think there's a whole lot of them around here. A lot of right. Sasquatch. Yeah, that makes it difficult um, if you don't live in an area that that has you know if you're not in a close proximity to to a good research area. Obviously, now, huge now that's that's not to say that I haven't gone out. Um, mm-hmm. When I've been in Ohio, I've been I've, I've gone out a couple of times um, looking for them. Um, and in 2010, I was with a group of guys, and uh, it was in an area called Woodbury Woodbury Wildlife Area, and that's in Coshocton County, Ohio. And we had rocks thrown at us. And, and you saw the rocks? No, I mean, you saw the I rocks heard them. land? Okay. Yeah. No, no, but I heard them. I heard this rock land behind me. And I, I didn't really think much of it. All of a sudden, I hear, I'm, I'm walking by this grove of trees, and I hear this loud crack right up against the tree. And I'm thinking, geez, that must have been a big rock. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, that's the same area where Don Keating got the footage of the white Sasquatch in 1992. So uh, we we were we were right there, close to where he got the video of a white one. Okay. So gotcha. they're 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 out there. <laughs> you know, Mark DeWirt says that's the squatchiest spot in eastern Ohio. Is is right there at Woodbury Wildlife Area. Speaking of Ohio, Henry, are you going to make it to the Ohio Bigfoot Conference coming up here in May? Wouldn't miss it for the world. Would not miss it for the world. I mean, the the, the speakers are going to be there. The guests, um, you know, we got uh, you know the speakers. We got uh, Bob Gimlin, of course. I mean, the legend, I mean, the man. Yeah, he's going to be there. <laughs> Cliff, Cliff from Finding Bigfoot, Guy Edwards, Bill Irwin, and Bobo. Yeah. Yeah, so that's unusual. Here. I was, yeah, Bobo's actually speaking this time, and I've not known Bobo to do a lot of uh, presenting. So that'd be uh, an unusual treat for people that are, you know, like like to talk to the speakers and or hear the speakers. So, oh, absolutely, and, and you know, special guest Lyle Blackburn's going to be there as a special guest. Well, he was a speaker two years ago. Gave a great presentation about uh, the Falk Monster, you know. Mm-hmm. And I highly recommend everybody read The Beast of Augie Creek, by the way, and Lizard Man by Lyle Blackburn. Mm-hmm. Both great books. And, and that's another, that's one thing that I think a lot of Bigfooters need to do. They need to read. And they, they don't need to, they don't need to be arguing with each other on, on Facebook or social media <laughs> or whatever great about, about what? this, 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 and this. 
you know, read, and, and study, you learn. If anybody's listened, if anybody's listened to Monster X for any period of time, they they know that I say Bigfoot will not be proven on Facebook. Right, exactly. Yeah. Pretty sure that Bigfoot does not have a uh, is not in the social media and does not have a <laughs> Facebook account. Well, yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and, and and that goes along with my next question, you know, or questions. <laughs> uh, okay. Are we getting anywhere with this subject, Henry? Uh, in your opinion, are we getting anywhere uh, with this subject? And also, second part of the question: uh, Do you res- who do you respect, uh, group wise or, or or personally, you know, individually wise, that uh, that you think are doing the right things or, or bringing stuff to the table? I mean, are we getting anywhere? And if so, uh, is there anybody out there doing, you know, going about the right way? In your opinion? Okay, okay. As to the first question, do I think we're getting anywhere? That's difficult to say. I mean, if, if we're going to continue to have people fussing and fighting with each other, there's going to be continuous um, dissension in the ranks and in fighting and all that stuff, and fighting over, well, they're in this area. No, they're in this area. No, this, 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 and this. And a lot of childish, petty crap, which I see so much of. Mm-hmm. It's no wonder we haven't that we haven't gotten very far in nearly 60 years. Exactly, um, yeah. I mean... I, I think that if if Bigfooters were to work together, and, and, and even if, even if you have a even if you have a difference of opinion with someone, you know, yeah, yeah, you you can't set that aside. You, you can't just say, oh well, you know, we can agree to disagree. I mean, God, good gosh, I mean. That's what I wish. That's what I wish I could see in this: is people agreeing to disagree, but actually working together despite their disagreements. Now, of course, the only thing I'll, you know, the, the only people I would not work with are hoaxers, obviously, and, and I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't recommend anybody work with a hoaxer either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But you know, all the infighting and all the petty squabbling and all that—that's not going to get us anywhere. Yeah, I agree. Uh, as far as I, I, I get the uh, the vibe from you, and I don't mean that in a woo way, but that you're a flesh and blood that that we're dealing with a, an animal. Yes, that that's what I think. That's what I believe. I believe we are dealing with a species of animal. I don't think we're talking about something interdimensional. I don't think we're talking about something that 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 comes out of a UFO. Or just popped up out of a Kellogg's cornflakes box. We're talking about a legitimate species that eats, breeds, lives, and dies. Where we're talking about a we're talking about a population. It's not just one. Because if it was just one, then it would be something <laughs> supernatural. But but we're talking about a, a, a species of these creatures. And, we're, we're talking, and, and the and descriptions of them would be all the same if it was a single entity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you have yeah. people who, for for the most part, they, they the descriptions are the same, except you might have some differences on the face. 
and that's only if somebody's had a really good look at them. Um, size, 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 uh, hair color, you know. There, I mean, there's a lot of variants that indicate a species, not a, not an individual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, go, I go along with that. Now, as to Shane's second question about who who do I respect in this field, oh gosh, <laughs> I, I have so many. There's somebody that I do respect, and I, I I wouldn't want to leave anybody out. There there are so yeah. many. Uh, as as far as groups, uh, the Olympic Project obviously I think is doing great stuff. Um, you know, Derek is a good buddy. Uh, I like Derek. He's a good guy. I've met him and Rich Germo. Uh, in 2009, I did meet Rich. So, you know, the Olympic Project, I think they're doing great for 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 the for the work that they are doing. I think they're tremendous. I I, I highly support I highly support uh, the Olympic Project, the NAWAC. I have a lot of respect for because they are trying to legitimately bring an end to this controversy. Um, they are trying for, to bring in. Odd- what? Go ahead. For the audience members that don't know what the acronym means, can you can you uh, expound that? What is the the North the American the N A N A N A W A C N A W A C stands for North American Wood Ape Conservancy. Thank you, sir. And um, what's that? Thank you. Yes. And uh, their website is woodape.org, for those who are interested. As far as individuals that I respect, uh, Bob Gimlin, of course. I mean, Bob's a good friend, and um, I I think the world of Bob. I really do. Um, The the, the Four Horsemen of Sasquatchery, a lot of respect for for them. Bob Titmus, you know, Roger, the late Roger Patterson, you know, Tom Slick. Um, who else? Let's see. Al Hodgson, Robert W. Morgan, uh, Igor Burtsev. Even though I, I disagree with Igor on some things, but but I mean he's a good guy and and he's legitimately interested in the subject and you know he he's he's doing what he feels he should do and I think he's I think he's doing it right for the most part. Um. John Bender Noggle. I mean, I, I, he is he is such he besides being such a great guy, which he is. He and his wife are both very nice people. Um, but the scientific and I mean the, the scientific stuff he is doing is is to me what's really going to uh, further our understanding of this subject. Todd Disitel, got a lot of respect for him. Brian Sykes. Um, Dr. Haskell Hart. A lot of people may not know who that is, um, but he is a scientist. He's interested in this. Yeah, I I am a fan of any scientist who is open-minded enough to look into this subject. Uh, one that's, I think one individual that might surprise some people is the head of Conservation International, Russ Mittermeier. He's open-minded about the subject. Of course, Jane Goodall, Dr. Goodall. Exactly. He's yeah, very open-minded. Dr. Goodall, very open-minded. Um, well, yeah. I mean, you bring up a, a fascinating point, though, with dissension uh, in the ranks is with Jane Goodall. Uh, you know, uh, Jane Goodall 
she went through hell uh, before she actually proved some stuff. I mean, a nobody and proved, uh, uh, well, yes, they were dealing with unknown species, but behaviorally speaking, proved a lot of stuff um, with no real uh, credentialed background, you know. And She was a citizen scientist. Sit- yes, you're a citizen scientist, I think. You know, your research is out there. Um, those spending time in the field and uh, going about doing it the right way, as far as I see it, you know, uh, without, uh, you know, being skeptical and without coming to conclusions, but gathering data, um, those are the people uh, I truly follow. Um, I mean, I follow plenty of academia that are involved in this, trust me. But um, really what we're dealing with now is is citizen scientists, uh, enthusiasts. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the the... the you know the amateur researchers very dedicated. You know, and I, I have nothing but respect for, for 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 the for the guys like you and Gunner and others who go out there on their own dime and and, and they 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 go out in the field and they they suffer the chigger bites, the mosquito bites, the, uh, <laughs> and, the soon bees, the and soon to be the occasional and soon to be bee bites. <laughs> I mean, because we're. <laughs> We're, we're right on the cusp of getting in the areas where there's a lot of wasp nests, and uh, oh, I'm not yeah. looking forward to that. But I got troll cams to pick up and retrieve, and uh, areas to study, and those suckers are going to be out there. It's going to suck. I have to shout out to Tom Baker for taking one. I mean, about 20 for the team last year with the Olympic project. Yeah, yeah. He got Good stung. He yeah. was our token. Uh, for some reason, they love Tom. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the 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 field you field guys. I have a whole heck of a lot of respect for you guys. I mean, you guys, you go out there, you're going out there and and, and, and um putting in the time. I mean, and that that's something that I appreciate. The, the guys who put in the time. You know, guys like uh, Thomas Steenberg. I know he's going to be speaking at a Limit Project uh, event yep. soon. Yep. Um, legitimate nice guy. Very, very, very uh, common sense researcher. You know, he doesn't. He's not taken in by BS at all. He calls BS when he sees it, much like the late Renee DeHinden did. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, guys like him, Rick Knoll, the MABRC. Um, the the, the NAWAC guys, you know, all, all these all these groups that get out there, you know, and 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 do the the the, the necessary field work, you know, big thumbs up to you guys, huge thumbs up. Yeah, well, I agree with you, Henry. There's you know, there's a lot of groups out there. I think that in individuals that are getting somewhere. Um, that are um, compiling stuff, and a lot of it's not shared on social media or not. It's just not good enough, for one. And two, um, they want more, and so they're compiling data. And I think the Lynn Project, well, I know the Lynn Project is doing this. Uh, you know, uh, working with the Tilma Group, we're doing this too. But I do, for me personally, do believe we're getting somewhere, and I think it's 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 like that bottleneck. We're getting to the head of the bottle, Uh you know, I don't, I don't have a time frame, trust me. But yeah, some of the stuff, uh, you know, even with the Limb Project, you know, and I've been a part of the Limb Project now for uh, a few years now, and and uh, the stuff coming out of the Limb Project is very exciting for me personally. 
Um, I know it's exciting for the some of the other members of the group, but exciting. And I see other groups doing exciting stuff. They're compiling stuff and they're, you know, went up. But there's certain things coming out that I think down the road here um, will be hard to um, turn a cheek on. Um, I think science will have to look at some of the findings coming down the, the peak here down the road. They're going to have to. It, it, some of the stuff, for me personally, is too compelling. It's just, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I had a sighting, big deal. doesn't mean nothing. It's a story. I have nothing other than maybe uh, having my buddies with me to that witnessed this stuff. Not good enough. Uh, it's just a story. Um, but some of the stuff coming out, and there's a lot of groups out there. NOAC uh, is one of them. Uh, there's other groups and individuals, like we're talking about, um, that have um, are working on projects, uh, working on areas that are, uh, you know, really bringing stuff to the table. Uh, this past weekend, I had an incredible time out in the field and uh, saw some stuff that blew my mind. I mean, just literally blew my mind. And I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. Uh, I'm hoping... You know, maybe it will end up being uh, not that exciting, but I, I think it will be. And, you know, I, I, this subject matter, yes, social media blows it up, and it's like, oh, it's a it's a fad. Well, not, but when you get down to the hardcore, um, the hardcore science of it all, and you got individuals involved that are, you know, this is their life. I mean, I'll be honest with you, this is a, a huge portion of my life. I wish it could be more so. But I don't get paid to do this. I have to have a job, like many other researchers right. and people in the field. We have to have jobs, and we have to support our families, and we have lives. Keep playing that lottery. Um, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the new Bigfoot you know, lottery. Oh, there you go. Uh, I know. Actually, there is a Bigfoot lottery out there. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's. Exci- I really believe it's an exciting time to be involved in this field, and that uh, down the road here, there's going to be some exciting discoveries made and uh, shared. And uh, I hope, uh, you know, um, you know, he, you know, Henry, for you personally, I mean, i got to ask you, you know, a question that was in our chat room earlier. You know, I know you to be a historian and you're a student, I mean, very much the student of the subject. I mean, are you, are you going to ever put anything together that will, um, you know, a compilation, complication, you know, uh, of, of data, of uh, your experiences, uh, the whole thing, you know, a compendium of uh, shared knowledge. I mean, are you going to put that in a book or anything, or you, you have any thoughts about that? Well, there there may be a, there may be one day where I do that. I don't know. I mean, you never know. Um, I mean, but but the way I see it, there's so many great books out there already. I mean, I would just be adding to the uh, adding to the pile. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a good idea. I mean, I would love to do it. I, I would love to, I would love to do it. Um, but like I said, there's so many great books already and, and there's so many great websites, you know, um, I, I just, well, but you, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, Henry, we, we reach out to you to have you on the show for a, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you're a figure out there and you're a historian, you're very knowledgeable. I didn't invite you on. The, you know, we didn't invite you on the show to share your encounters. That's hindsight. Oh, I know. You're a historian, and and you know your stuff uh, when it comes to this whole subject matter. And uh, you know, that's that's you know, that was one of the compelling things to have you on the show. 
Right. Well, Henry, you have a lot to provide. I did want, because you have a a pretty active YouTube channel. You do have the Crypto Corner. Yes. And let's talk a little bit about that before we run out of time. We're getting up against the clock. So if people want to hear more from you, where can they find you? Uh, Well, just go to YouTube.com slash user slash MR. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, M capital M. Well, it, it, it doesn't have to be capital letters. Okay, M R M A Y D X O eight. That is my. Or channel. you can go. And you can actually just go to YouTube and type in Henry May Bigfoot if you're searching, and it. Yes. You'll find him that way too. I've found you that way in the past. So. And subscribe yeah, yeah. to Henry's channel if, because he, uh, um, puts out some. Some cool videos. He just did one recently on Bigfoot or on footprints. So check that out. Yeah, yeah. You know, HBS Crypto Corner was kind of born out of. Um, it, it was originally, I it, it was it was a podcast, much like this one, on Blog Talk Radio for nearly three years, and it was fun. I, I had a lot. You know, I had a great time doing it. Um, and I thought, you know, with with the way things are, the, the, with the way thing, with the way technology is changing now, I thought maybe I can transfer it to the visual medium. So when the opportunity came up to start doing this on a visual basis and to utilize my YouTube channel, I said, well. Hey, I gotta jump at that. I gotta jump at the chance. And I started the visual version of HGM Crypto Corner over a year ago, and um, it's really fun. I enjoy doing it every week. Um, I enjoy giving information to people, um, and, and that's what it's all about. It's all about sharing information. I'm not the kind of guy who's going to, you know, hoard something or hoard information from people. Yeah, and, and if they have a question for me, they can they can message me on YouTube or they can message me on Facebook or wherever. Or or my email which is hbsquatchmay at yahoo dot com. They can email me there and ask me any questions they want. You know. What? And I'll try and, I'll try and answer them as best I can. So well, it's the cool thing to think about you, Henry, is that you're you're kind of a, like one of the the glue people in in the Bigfoot community that actually kind of helps the Bigfoot community uh, stick together, as opposed to those people that like to tear it apart. You know, you you're friends with lots of Bigfooters, and and you have lots of of knowledge about the the subject. Um, you kind of like the the uh, Missis- you're, you're in Mississippi, right? I don't want to miss it. You're yeah, yeah. You're like the Mississippi. Guy Edwards. <laughs> so we've got we've got uh, the South covered, and we've got the Pacific Northwest covered with uh, uh, with glue. We we uh, but you you do a great job of of supporting people in the in the the Bigfoot field and, and sharing information. And uh, well, yeah, I, maybe I it, again, that. that's what it's all about, you know. And I was very humbled that you guys asked me to be on the show tonight. You know, I, I was. 
I, I was pleasantly surprised. I said, oh, wow, you guys want me to be on the show? Okay, yeah, I think I can handle that. Um, <laughs> and But it is, you know, I, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, the yeah, the reason we ask you is because you are a, uh, you do have a lot that you share with the community and, and, uh, and a lot of knowledge, like Shane, we need people who who don't let the history of of the subject matter get lost. It, it's an important part of of uh, building on what you know what we've learned. We got we got to remember what people have done in the past. Everything we do now is built on on what people have done in the past. So that's a yeah, huge I, value I to the community. That. So so and yeah and. And the connectedness of of people like yourself that 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 support are supportive of the subject and and post information like you said you share things freely you don't hold stuff back and it, that's much appreciated so we appreciate you coming on today so and I know oh yeah know no that problem we, yeah so is there anything else you wanted to cover before we we sign out. Well, I just wanted to tell everybody that um you know, I do have a I do have a, a separate page from my profile page on Facebook. It's for the Southeast Sasquatch Association. So if you guys are on Facebook, uh just, just search for Southeast Sasquatch Association. That's my page. And you can put a like on it if you want to and I, that, that's that's mainly that's mainly my repository for sharing stuff these days, as far as Bigfoot is concerned. Very good. So, so if you, are, yeah. So if you uh, would like to follow what Henry's doing, you can go on Facebook to the Southeast Sasquatch Association and uh, give it a like and follow. Uh, you'll get if you uh, make it a favorite, you can get the information comes to you quicker. Um, I know Facebook is a little touchy about how much yeah. what it shared with too. So <laughs> I just finished uh, Peter Burns' newest book, which is it is a compilation of his first book and also uh, the Bigfoot section of his Monster Trilogy guidebook. And the book is called The Hunt for Bigfoot. It's actually a signed copy. I got it from Amazon. So uh, really good stuff. Um, really really great book and. Uh, you know, I, I try to read as much as I can uh, on the subject. Um, you know, usually I have three or four books going at the same time, you know, you know <laughs> at one time. I hear you. Well, I want to thank you again, Henry, for joining us tonight. We're running out of time. And thank yeah, everybody in the chat fun, room. guys. Yeah, we'll have you back again. And, yeah, I would be more than happy to come back. I would absolutely be more than happy to come back. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Henry. Well, thanks a lot, buddy, for uh, coming. Yeah, uh, for, no problem, guys. For, uh, for Henry May and and my buddy and co-host Shane Corson, um, thank you, everybody, for joining us this week on Monster X Radio. We'll be back next Sunday with... Uh, an encounter show. So join us for that. We look forward to seeing you then. Have a great week.